0: Before I start, I have to say something. I always look to my left over here at the youth of this church. Yeah. I look right down here, and I say, we are in good hands. These young people, they know how to worship. Yeah, they worship with all their heart, their soul, their spirit. They pour it out, and then they sing the words of Jesus. Do you know how blessed we are with the youth of this church? You are not going to believe this, but guess what I'm going to talk about today? Worship. Yeah. You just lived it. And let me tell you something. As you sit there right now in this place, God is inhabiting you. Why? Because you're worshiping Him. Are you in awe of God's presence right now? Raise your hand if you're in awe of His presence. Yes. Do you wonder at His glory? I do. The glory of His creation, the glory of the cross, the glory of your Savior. He's the pathway to peace, the gateway. glory the highway of holiness and we just all experienced his presence he's resting on us now why because we're worshiping him and that's why i want to talk to you about god's overwhelming concern for you did you hear that he is concerned for you and what is he concerned about This message, God's loving concern for each one of you today is your worship. We can worship him in song. We can worship him on Sunday, but what's coming on Monday? We don't worship him just in song, although you just experienced it. And it doesn't get any better than that, quite frankly. But we worship him in spirit when we're walking down a street. We worship him when we're on our knees praying at this altar. We worship him when we pick up this book, open the pages, read it, and meditate. That is worship. Worship is just not some act. It's just not standing up, screaming like... Queen V and I are over there as this worship is just flooding the Holy Spirit on us. That's not all there is to worship. Worship is a lifestyle for each one of us. You're living your worship each and every day. When you worship, no matter how you're doing it, Jesus makes his home with you. The Holy Spirit resides with you. As I said, all you have to do is sing. All you have to do is pray. All you have to do is read. Worship is not difficult. But you know what happens? Happens to me every day of my life. I hate to confess it. The world creeps in. We get distracted. And our worship is put on the back burner. God can wait for that. Well, you know what? Jesus doesn't want to wait for it. Jesus wants to be first. Jesus says, surrender your intellect. Surrender your emotion. Surrender your will and come and worship me. Worship can be really quiet. Worship can be silent. Worship can be just you sitting in your car As you're driving up north, 93, looking at God's beautiful creation and just resting in him in silence, not with the radio on, not with the earbuds in. Worship isn't sitting at your computer listening to some worship songs and searching for all different things. Yeah, the world creeps in. It can creep in in some pretty innocent ways, too. The world can creep in with our work just taking over our life. And sometimes, speaking for myself, not necessarily you, but I spent the last week until Tuesday of this week at Disney World with my four grandchildren, my beautiful wife, my son, my daughter-in-law, It was six days of me just looking at those little kids' faces as we're going on these rides. Six days of a nine-year-old boy coming up and hugging me and telling me he loves me right in the middle of Disney World for no reason at all, just because I'm his grandpa. Another nine-year-old boy, his brother just walking arm in arm with me. He puts his arm around me, and I'm going to put my arm around him, and we're walking down. Another nine-year-old boy... Another brother, grabbing his hand and for a half hour, walking out to the bus at 10.30 at night and hearing his whole day. And then sitting on the bus and my five-year-old granddaughter sitting on my lap, jokingly because I tell her, how many grandpas are we going to get today, right? You've heard this before. And the poor person sitting next to me, she just starts repeating for 15 minutes Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa. I say, can you stop that, please? Grandpa, Grandpa. The more I say stop it, the more grandpas I get. A beautiful week. But then, with all that blessing, with the blessing of getting out of Florida on Tuesday, and the airport's closing on Wednesday, God keeping us safe all the way, because I do not understand how an airplane stays in the air. So I pray constantly. You know, I'm looking out at the wing. What if that wing falls off, Jesus? (laughs) Keep the wing on, please. Just a blessed week. And then Wednesday comes, and work arrives. I love my work. I really do. It's a big part of my life. I think Jesus has placed me in my work. I know I'm there for a reason. Wednesday comes, really busy. Worship. Right? Thursday comes, pure darkness and evil in front of me in a homicide case. Friday comes, just craziness, right? Worship, whoo, way behind me. And then I think, I've got to get ready for this message. And here's the interesting part about this message, Pastor Mark. For weeks, I've been listening to Pastor Jeremiah Talk on worship. And I was thinking, the next time I get up there, I I don't know when it's going to be, I'm going to speak about worship. And the same day, I get a text while I'm in Florida Can you give the message on October 2nd? And here we are. And this message is rooted in a lot of those messages I just listen to worshiping on the way to work. And then I listen to other messages, and then I read. And here's what comes at us. Do you know when the word worship is first mentioned in the Bible? To me, this is just crazy faith. It's mentioned first in the book of Genesis, verse 5. God has spoken to Abraham and said, I want you to sacrifice your son. How would you react to that? I would say, well, what are you talking about, Willis? I, what? Are you kidding me? Abraham prepares. And he is obedient and faithful to God's word. And here's the first mention of worship. Verse 5. This is Abraham speaking to his servants. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy the sacrifice over there I'm sorry and I and the boy go over there we will worship wow he's about to sacrifice his only son sounds familiar doesn't it and we will worship and then catch this and I never caught this before and then we will come back to you his son's going to come back. I'm not sure what he's thinking, sacrifice, resurrection, but his son's coming back. That's the confidence he has in his God. And sure enough, I won't go through the whole story. The angel speaks. Abraham, he doesn't have to sacrifice his son. He sacrifices a ram. And here's what God says to him. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Talk about worship. Really take that into your soul. Look at that example of Abraham and say to yourself, that is worship. God spoke, he responded, and it's just not the act of response, it's God's knowing that that faith is there. So we're in the Old Testament, and I have to be honest with you, I'm not real comfortable speaking and giving messages on the Old Testament, but I wanted to challenge myself so I listened to a lot of messages and read a lot of verses on this and here is the classic example of worship some of you will be very familiar with this story others won't I'm not going to go through all 39 verses I know you want me to but I'll just kind of flash through this and set the stage for you. The Israelites have been brought to the promised land. God has taken them out of Egypt and he's met his promise to them. They're right where they need to be. And like many of us in, the, in this age, what do we start to do with God's promise? Oh, we start worshiping other things, idols. And that's just where the Israelites We're at, there's this king who's leading this worship of Baal, a fake god, an idol. His name is Ahab. He's a wicked king. And then there's Elijah, the ultimate prophet of God. And there's a challenge because these two are going to meet. And there's a spiritual battle at Mount Carmel. And here's what happens. And listen to this as I take you through a few verses. It starts, it's 1 Kings, if you want to get there, 18, and we're starting in verse 1, whether it's in your Bibles or on your phones. And by the, word, by the way, everybody online out there, welcome. It's wonderful to see you, and I hope you enjoy this word also. I know you just enjoyed the worship. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. You notice it says after a long time. We can have spiritual droughts in our life. They can last a day or two, a week, or three years. Maybe it's more. They're in the midst of that. And here's what the Lord says. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. There was literally a drought there. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now, just so you know, and so it's clearly evident to you, Ahab only had one thing in mind for Elijah. That would be death. So Ahab has this confrontation with Elijah. And Elijah says in verse 17, when he saw Elijah, this is Ahab speaking, he said, is that you, you troubler of Israel? And Elijah responds right away in verse 18. And this is when it gets really, really powerful and almost funny at times. I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. So he's right in his face now. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals, idols, Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring 450 prophets of Baal. And you know what? Add some other people to that. Why don't you bring your 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table? A real Satan-like woman. 850 prophets against one prophet. And here's the challenge. We're going to take a sacrifice. We're going to lay that sacrifice on some wood and burn that sacrifice. That sacrifice is basically going to be a bull. You've got one bull. I've got the other bull. And you 800 start praying for Baal to show up. And you go first. And they pray in the morning. They pray in the afternoon, and they pray at night. And at one point, after the morning prayer, uh, Elijah, who would get a 15-yard penalty if this was football, (laughs) at noon, Elijah began to taunt these 800 prophets. Shout louder. Beautiful, he said. Surely he is God. (laughs) He's not coming. (laughs) It's awesome. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy, or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So these 800, they they don't know what to do. They start shouting louder. They start cutting themselves with blood sacrifices all the way through the evening. And guess who doesn't show up? Baal. Their God, their fake God, is not showing up. And then we get to Elijah. He puts... The bull on the wood, builds a big trench around it, and then says to the people, Start pouring water on everything. Huh. Okay, here he goes again, making a real show of this. Do it once. They do it. There's a trench, it's filling up the trench. Ah! Do it again. That's not enough. Put more water on that bull. And they do it. There's water everywhere. And then, after the third time, he prays this prayer. Lord, the God of Abraham, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their heads back again. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord is God. The Lord Lord is God. Ha! There we go. That is worship. When you're screaming out today Praise him, praise him, praise him. You are screaming out, the Lord is my God, and Baal and the rest of your idols just depart from my life. Get out. I am going to worship you. What a great story. In today's world, and here's where you're going to participate a little. I won't call on anybody. I used to love to do that when I taught. Um... No, I didn't really love to do it. If, if I was teaching badly, then no one's going to talk. If you teach well, people will talk. And same with life group, for instance. We don't like to be met with silence, but sometimes there's, there's silence. There's many idols to serve in this world of ours. So we've got a bunch of people here. Just uh, scream out an idol that we can serve in this world of ours. Go ahead. Money. Money. Wow. Yeah. Money itself is the way we operate. Money itself is not evil. The love of money and the worship of money is sheer evil. We see what it does to people. I have many friends who don't know Jesus. Why? They're busy building big houses and buying really nice things and boats and they're worshiping their materialism. Don't worship it. I have a question for you. Did Jesus ever worship money? No. Money is a blessing because it's a provision for us, but the biggest blessing from money is we can give it back to Jesus. We do it all the time. All right, great answer. Others, another idol. Did someone just say golf? Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Yes. Definitely. Golf is an idol. It really is. And I'm so glad, Kim, you said that. Because I'm going to confess, I only play three or four times a week. So it's not an idol to me. And I don't think about how I played and go over the 18 holes and get all wrapped up around it. But you can. And then you can get wrapped up in the idol of the social part of golf, right? Oh, I just have a drink. I don't, re- I don't drink. Come on. Have a drink. You don't want to go there, right? It's very easy, fortunately, for me to not to go there. I'd rather have a nice Coca-Cola. Why pay $20 for a little glass with all that ice and that crap in there when I can get a coat for like 2 dollars at the club? <laughs> but it is, right? I, I have friends who I think have some faith, but are they coming here on Sunday when they have a tea time at 9.36 in the morning? No, and many of them, When they hear me talk about my faith, I think they think I'm in this cold place. I'm doing all these rituals. I've got all these beads. I'm repeating all this stuff. And they're going, why do you go there? And I go, oh, if only you knew. So golf. Thank you so much for that. Do not say skiing next. That... All right, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know what's a real idol? Oh, sorry to hit you where it hurts. The phone. Wait a minute, I got a text here that I've got to get to. Yeah, this phone. We all, we all have them. At Disney World, the phones were great. My son did every ride on his phone, and we were in in five minutes. We didn't have to wait in the 95-minute lines. So can that phone be a blessing? Yeah, it actually can be life-saving. But when it becomes your idol, and you look on it, and it says, your screen time this week was 36 hours. And then you think, I didn't even spend 36 minutes in this book. Because my face was in that phone all week. And the, the most darkness I see at my job is rooted in this phone, hi Nate, it's rooted in this phone. There is a dark web out there that I won't even speak about that is literally stealing the souls of people. Every day I sign search warrants. You know what it's related to? Phones, laptops, computers, and it's horrific the visions I have to look at as evidence are the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. Great answer, Carol. One more idol. Anybody? Power. Yes. Power. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, our young people, all of us are witnessing that at so many different levels power poisons the soul of people. It's it's all they're concerned about. You know who becomes their idol? They become their own idol. I've got so much power. I've got such a strong ego. Look at me. There is no humility. They are arrogant and they use their power actually to destroy other people. Power is another idol that kills. Hey, the religious leaders of Jesus' day had immense power, and what did they do with it? They killed the savior of the world. That's what power is all about. So I have a very simple question uh, for you today, and it's this. And this was a challenge that is right in 1 Kings at verse 21. This is before the whole battle, the spiritual battle that Elijah won. But here's what he said in verse 21. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Follow him. Simple question. Are you wavering? Are you lukewarm? Because that's not what God wants for you. Are you following him? Or are you following your phone, your money, your golf game, your power? It's a really important question. Because in Deuteronomy 6:12, and you don't have to turn there, here's what God says very simply. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. And let's face it, that's what we do. I do it. There are times in my life where I just forget the Lord. And I find myself in these situations and the Holy Spirit steps in and basically says, you're forgetting the Lord. Oh, that's why, oh, yeah, this is not a good situation for me, is it? I need to get away from this situation. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all do that. And I'm not in any way judging you or condemning you. But the Lord says, don't forget me. It's not that complicated. It's, it's, it's like the message of salvation. It's so simple that if we just surrender our intellect, surrender our emotion, surrender our will, we choose Jesus right away. But we don't do it easily. It took me 35 years to struggle through that because I just couldn't surrender those three things to God. So surrender those things. And then it's really easy, for instance, when Pastor Richie and the team, they're all up there. It's so easy to love Jesus as we worship him. But as I said before, when the week comes and Richie's not playing in the car with this wonderful worship team, they're not in your office when you walk in there, and you're all alone, do you still have that same spiritual faith that you had when you were just singing that last song or any of those first three songs? That's a great question to ask. Keep it simple is what I would say to you. And here's really how simple it is. And again, you don't have to go here. Hebrews 11:6. "And without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's so all you need is faith. All you need is to believe that Jesus died on that cross, and your faith gives you eternal life. And the last line of this verse says in that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Earnestly seek him out. Don't forget him. How do you do that though? Well, you worship. You listen to these messages that Pastor Mark, Pastor Richie and many others preach to you. You pick up this book rather than your cell phone and you spend an hour in it. I have to be reminded almost every night that I like to read the news and I get on the phone and there's a news feed and I flip through it. Oh, what, what, what's happening with Tom Brady and Giselle? Oh, no. Right. And then flip it. Things are, wow. Look at Ukraine. Look at what Putin is doing. Look at the atrocities over there. Flip the next page. The stock market was down by 1,200 points today. Oh, me money. And you just keep going through, and then you get to the entertainment section, right? Wow, Brad Pitt still really looks good. He is a handsome dude. And why am I reading that when I can be reading this? Why? And it's not necessarily bad. I'm not condemning anybody. Why are we watching this Netflix show. It's hilarious. We're having a great time. It's really good. But we just watched three years of it for three hours. (laughs) Why am I not praying? Why am I not listening to worship music? The favorite thing I like to do, and this is not on my phone because I'm not as fancy as some of you people, is just get on YouTube and listen to worship music. Corey right? I could go on and on. Zach Williams, music that I just, it's just all of a sudden, I feel like Pastor Richie and the worship team are with me, and my life is totally different than listening to other stuff. There's this old rock and roll star, he's now 80 years old, that when I grew up and I was your age, very young. 18 through college I went to a lot of his concerts many people think the guy can't sing at all but Bob Dylan went through a stage where he was a born-again Christian and he had someone just said it right he said it perfectly you got to serve somebody it may be the devil or it may be the Lord but you're gonna have to serve somebody you people have to serve somebody yeah. Thanks, Ben. Your family's on fire. Golf, Bob Dylan, it's great. All right. We can get, oh, we have the worship team up here. Wow. Uh, something, hey, Richie, I, I have to just tell this story and then, then we'll get to worship again. Every time I have the mic on me and they say it's not muted, Richie comes running over. It's like about to play worship. You're on. You're on. So I'm going to shut it off next time. Just, just period. That's happened twice now. Elijah faced those 850 prophets, people. If I'm doing the math right. You know what he had? No black backup plan. None whatsoever. He was one prophet against 850. He didn't have 849 prophets ready to join him and fight for the Lord. It was just him against this king who wanted to kill him. It's so all he had was one thing, his faith. So when times are looking dark, when you're in a struggle, and you're fighting some Ahab, keep this in mind. You've got your faith. All you have to do to win that battle is Worship. All you have to do is get down on your knees. All you have to do is cry out to the Lord. And you are loved. You are safe. Nothing else. It's that simple. Rest on your faith. Be an Elijah. Let's all just walk out of this church today and say, my middle name is Elijah. Elijah. I can go home in the backyard, dig a trench, put a sacrifice on there, pour water all over it, pray to God to have fire come down, and boom, we're we're burning something in the backyard. It's not just a fire pit. Have your faith and don't forget God. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.